It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Public Access Podcast, the podcast. Here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. I'm your host, Rusty Diamond. And yeah, check out other shows on the network. When the Gloves Come Off, Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is it with Lizzie and Saved by the Ben. And the show is brought to you by Fred Ben Savage's Fox Stone Reads Productions. Hardcore Entertainment, Hypnosis Great, and SockEmUp.org. You guys, podcast number two out of three, it is hot, so you're going to see me sweating if you're watching the video. If not, you can probably hear me sweating because, man, after living in high desert for a while, I forgot about humidity um, like I had in Minnesota. But yeah, I'm back at the coast, so uh, humidity out here, man. So yeah, you guys, let's, let's go. So I'm going to bring on my special guest right here, right now. We have Aruna. Tumula, Tumula, I said it right before. Aruna Tumula, how are you doing today? Very good, Rusty. How are you? I am doing great. It's yeah, it's a good day today. So I'm, you know, can't complain. Can't complain at all. So a little little hot. Maybe I can't complain a little bit. (laughs) No, I I love. I live in Wisconsin, and any heat that I can get. I'm a sucker for it. <laughs> sure. You got uh, uh, you got some, I guess, yeah, you get plenty of cold. I, I yeah. used to live in Minnesota and uh, people would say they would move from Minnesota to Alaska for the warmer weather. <laughs> and, <laughs> that like, says yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah. That says it all. Yeah. yeah where, I, do you, where do you live oh, now? Um, I live in Connecticut now, see, but yeah, so I've been kind of all over, but yeah, there wasn't a bunch of humidity where I grew up Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, I got, got humidity again. Then I moved out to the high desert and didn't have humidity, but it was, you know, from May till September, hundred degrees every day, but not really any humidity and then yeah now i'm back to the the humidity out here at the coast and yeah i forgot about it it takes a little bit out of you but like you said yeah the nice warm days you yes yeah. just gotta enjoy it yeah yeah we have to so are you uh what part of wisconsin are you in uh, i'm um i live in the suburbs of milwaukee okay all right so yeah, you get that uh, the the lake the, the lake yeah we get the lake effect yes the lake effect yeah that was <laughs> okay yeah that's uh, that's a lot there that gets yeah pretty yeah it can get very humid it can get uh, very cold um, but you know I do like the four seasons I grew up in in southern India so I mean really the joke in my hometown was that we only had two seasons summer and super summer. Uh, so it was, I mean, upwards of 100 degrees Fahrenheit in summer. And oh. I think we all got by by taking naps. I, I don't know anyone that did not take naps in the afternoon. The, the oh. afternoon. Yeah, 
even if it was th for 30 minutes, we just had to do that. But so, yeah, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, coming here, and I remember I, it was in 2005, and uh, Wisconsin was my first experience of snow in my life. In I was 27, wow. 28 at that point in time. And the nursing staff had scared me no end. They said, Dr. T, by the time you walk from the parking lot to the hospital, your eyes will be tearing up and they'll become icicles. <laughs> like, they were just having fun at my expense. It wasn't all that bad. And I had so many wonderful people. I mean, I had no idea about, you know, uh, you know cleaning my car with after the snow. And I would always say, why can't these people have covered parking in Wisconsin? Why can't you have covered parking? No, it's all open. And, uh, but I, I mean, I, the, this, the people I worked with, very wonderful. They, they would come up and help to clear the snow off my car. And so I can't complain. It's, uh, and I loved, I was 28 or 29 when I made my first snow angel. So <laughs> <laughs> a little How'd old, that work but, out? Yeah. yeah that, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. I have a picture somewhere. So it was, I mean, it was really fun. So. And so then, because uh, yeah, I remember in, Minneapolis, um, as well as down at, at the Mayo uh, over in uh, Rochester, mm -hmm. they had a lot of uh, ab above ground uh, crosswalks, the ones that like, mm -hmm. a, I don't know, what you, like a skyway. Like a skywalk, yeah. Yeah, skywalks, you didn't have to go outside when it was really no, cold. Not because... so much, not so much here. I mean, we have some in the downtown, but not in the hospital systems where I worked, so it was, uh, yeah. So, so are you are you happy to be away from the hospital part of it, or are you still part of the hospital part of it, or did you just no. totally get away from that and learned that what you can do is better? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it's you know what you said. So um, I, you know, I was actually a practicing psychiatrist in India before I came here. And I definitely credit my holistic thinking to the foundation I received in India, both in undergrad medical school as well as in residency. We are the, I think the cultural approach is to really rely on, um, you know, natural food, food as medicine, and uh, also to the family system. You know, these were the things that we, you know, that was our foundation for anything. And medications, we were so cautious especially in the psychiatric hospital that I graduated from. It's called NIMHANS. It's actually the National Institute for Mental Health and Neurosciences in Bangalore. The average uh, stay for a patient was about four weeks. And we did not, we were definitely not quick to start the patient on a, on a medication. We did all the workup. I mean, I had so many wonderful experiences. There was a patient who I thought, you know, we originally diagnosed him with dementia, but when we did the workup, he had severe B12 deficiency. And we quickly loaded him up with vitamin B12. And a month later, no signs of dementia. So, and then I had patient, uh, another young woman who actually presented with psychosis. And the original diagnosis was schizophrenia. But we did our blood workup and we found she actually had parathyroid cancer. Oh. So, yeah, and so I mean, I had so many, and we, you know, we used to see neurosyphilis, uh, tuberculosis in the brain, uh, even tapeworm infections in the brain. So we, you know, any patient that presented with a new onset, a severe mental illness like schizophrenia or bipolar, 
I would do a complete blood work. I would do a CT scan, maybe even an MRI of the brain. So it was this biopsychological model, biopsychosocial model that I was ingrained in. And, our, uh, and then when I came here, I was told that the average duration of stay, even for schizophrenia and bipolar, very severely ill patients was five to seven days at most, three to five was the most, and, and all people were doing was quickly adjusting medications. And, uh, and I couldn't get even a chest x-ray or a blood workup without having to deal with insurance companies. And we're back in India, if I did not do a proper medical workup, including evaluating the central nervous system, my psychiatry workup was considered incomplete. Whereas, and I, I, I share this story in almost all the podcasts I go to because the contrast was really so jarring and shocking for me. And I want to make it that way for uh, your listeners as well. So on my very first day here, I, uh, you know, I was, everybody knew I was a practicing psychiatrist. So the attending said, hey, you already know what to do. Why don't you demonstrate a psychiatric evaluation? So I proceeded to do that. I spoke to the patient. It was a young black male who was diagnosed with bipolar. And at the end of my interview portion, I stood up to examine him. I said, okay, let me check your pulse. You know, I'm going to take, uh, you know, I'm, I need to look into your eyes to see if there are any signs of increased uh, pressure within your cranium. So there's a instrument that we have. It's called a fundoscope. If you go to your primary care physician for checkup, they look. In, they'll ask you to look straight, and then they they look into your eyes with a with a small black instrument. So that was a very important test for me in India as a psychiatrist. Whereas wow. here, when I started to do that, the attending was flabbergasted. He said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm completing the neuro exam." And he said, "No, you don't get to touch the patient." why? I'm a doctor. We are all doctors. Why can't we touch the patient? That's medical legal liability. Okay, then how are you going to rule out medical causes for psychiatric symptoms? Don't, should we not rule that out? Because, you know, th there are many medical conditions that can present with psychiatric symptoms. And he was like, no, you don't touch the patient. We have an internist to do that. So I had to put all my tools of my trade in, in my bag and had to leave it behind. So that, you know, that always rankled with me. I mean, I was a new resident. I was learning the culture. I was new to the U.S. I was learning the language too. I mean, my education in India was in British English. So there's a little bit of differences here. So I was learning so much and I didn't want to rock the boat. But I was like, no, you, you we have to pay attention to this. So I, I thought the best way I can make justice to what I wanted to do was to become a geriatric psychiatrist where the interface between neurology and psychiatry is more acknowledged. So I did that, but then really I, you know, I was then in the process of becoming a mom. I had my own health issues. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, polycystic ovarian disease, and infertility. So I was struggling to get pregnant. And then in, in my quest to heal myself and, you know, to become a mom, I began to learn about the effect of toxins. So I, I cleansed my diet, I cleaned up my home to the extent, you know, th that I was aware at that point in time, trying to find things online, reading magazines and, you know, trying to do it myself. I had no help from any of the mainstream medical establishment. So I so went through- uh -oh. I'm sorry, where'd you start? So, uh, so I went through fertility treatments and I went through the mainstream process. And then um, the, I began to kind of ask the question, 
is there any role for nutrition for mental health? So I started with Google, really. And then, but then Google, thankfully, took me to, I, I, I can't really say how it happened, but I came across this organization uh, called, it, it was called ABIHM, American Board of Integrative and Holistic Medicine. It's now called AIHM, Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine. And uh, so I decided to go for their conference, which was my first conference with them was in October of 2013. And my mind blew away. I was like, holy cow, this is what being a doctor is all about. I mean, for the first time, you know, I, I heard from functional medicine doctors, Dr. Patrick Hannaway uh, was the physician who presented the holistic approach to evaluate any disease. And he presented the story of a young woman he had worked with who was 40 or 42 years old, came with a long list of diagnoses, depression, anxiety, chronic fatigue syndrome, thyroid issues, gut issues, everything. And in six weeks, literally two months of treatment with the functional medicine approach, she recovered from all these diagnoses. And I was like, I want to do that. That's the kind of do doctor I want to be. And then the question was, okay, I have all these health issues. I was also actually developing symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. This is all in my early 30s. And by then I did have both my babies through fertility treatments and that part was okay. But you know, I still had my PCOS. I was actually developing, like I said, rheumatoid arthritis. I had my Hashimoto's and I was also uh, becoming pre-diabetic. So then uh, it, so it was like, you know, let me try this on myself. And I studied... That's when I decided to get my education in integrative and holistic medicine. And by 2014, I was both certified in integrative and holistic medicine. And after that, I pursued education in functional medicine. Uh, and I've, I'm trained in functional medicine. I didn't pursue certification. One diploma was enough. And then I also pursued education and training in Ayurvedic medicine. And when this was all between 2013 to 2015, so it was a period of intense education and trial oh, yeah, yeah. and error. And so I started all this, 2014, my PCOS began to show signs of going into remission. So how I know that, like polycystic ovarian disease, it's a menstrual irregularity disease, that began in my teens, actually. And I would get periods only two times in a year, at most. I was completely anovulatory, and I would bleed for two to three weeks, at least. So I would go from no bleeding at all to three weeks of bleeding, then become anemic. And when I would go to doctors, they would say, take a pill, birth control pill. Yeah, I took that, but it gave me migraine headaches. And then, so it was, it, I had, I just thought that this is how it was going to be. But by 2014, my periods regularized and I began to maintain a normal weight. My blood sugar became normal. So a lot of these things, I realized it was so easy to heal and become healthy. And the hospital was not ready for this kind of an approach. And I got tired of fighting with them. So then that's how I started my practice in 2016. And um, that that's what I've been doing since then. Just said goodbye to all that. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so here's something. So, uh, I mean, so with most Western medicine philosophy, especially here in the States, it's, you know, the, it's never cure anything. It's just, uh, you know, basically prolong it because 
know, you want to keep, keep the customer. Yep. And yeah. so, yeah. I mean, with, with you, you want, I mean, this, this is how I do it too. Like I tell people, I want to see you for this amount of time where I can take care of you. And then I don't want to see you ever again in my life. I get it, get away from me. But then those people are, then you have the word of mouth people saying, look, I, I was at the doctor forever and none of this stuff worked, but then here we go. I got this and I got it taken care of. I'm done. I'm out of here. And so you get, um, yeah, like a whole new turnover of Absolutely. people who are excited to see you and realizing mm -hmm. that there yeah. is a way to get healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I have begun to realize, and this is what I say, that uh, chronic disease is a commercial enterprise. That's what it yeah. is. From the causes for chronic disease to its management and suppression of symptoms, it's just a commercial enterprise. So if you look at chronic disease and mental illness is a chronic disease, what causes chronic disease is a breakdown in our, in our physiology, in our metabolism. Mental illness is really, it's not just a brain metabolism breakdown. It's actually a breakdown in the metabolism in the brain, as well as in the gut, in the immune system, in the hormones everywhere. It's a larger physiological and psychological breakdown in how our mind and body and brain is supposed to function. And what causes this metabolic breakdown is only diet and lifestyle, that's it. And what contributes to these two, diet and lifestyle, is our society, our culture, what we are taught, the kind of food we have access to, the kind of water we have access to, the kind of um, lifestyle, is it stress-filled? And you know what are the mitigating factors? And if you see, there's so much of, you know from big ag, uh, FDA, all of these entities, there is a commercial interest to maintain the status quo, which is pesticide-laden uh, food, uh, you know, uh, conventional agriculture where the animals are stressed out and loaded with antibiotics and hormones and all kinds of garbage, which then when we consume, we are consuming all of that in, and that too in concentrated quantities. Then it breaks us down. Our physiology becomes affected. Our metabolism breaks down. And then when we finally manifest symptoms and we go to a doctor, their typical primary care physician is allotted like seven minutes. What are you going to do in seven minutes except go up on your blood pressure medication or go down on something? That's all you can do. Right. Seven and, minutes. Yeah. Well, and isn't uh, the company that makes all the pesticides, which used to be around or used to be Monsanto. Yes. Yeah. But the the company that owns them now is Bayer. Bayer, yes. Which is, I mean aspirin. Yeah, that I mean that that's a, a nice uh that's yeah. the same as the the guy who owns the candy shop is also the dentist or the doctor. Um the fox and, guarding the handpen. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And it's it's pretty unreal. And then with uh and with, with the water, it is like most every other country, like when we drink water here, we're still thirsty. Um, they take out all the, let's say with the food, the food and the water, they take out all the, the minerals and all the, the vitamins 
So then we have to buy supplements or what else, whatever yeah. else, if we if, want if that. If you know, if you know, and even in the supplement industry as well, I mean, if you're getting your supplements from something like Centrum, you are not getting the right supplements that will actually make a change to your physiology and metabolism. So you have to go to um, GMP certified uh, supplement companies that know what they're doing and are sourcing your supplements from organic sources, clean sources, fish oil. I mean, if they don't remove mercury out of your fish oil capsule, then you will become toxic with fish oil. So it's uh, so the, the quality, I mean, even with supplements, you have to be careful of where you're getting them from and how they're being sourced and manufactured. Yeah. And then, I mean, with uh, how, I mean, how you would look at ingredient lists for anything and you compare it to what we have here in the States as compared to even Canada, like it, for, for, exists, for instance, McDonald's, mm -hmm. uh, like I won't, I, I mean, when I was younger, I would eat McDonald's, but um no, I won't, I won't touch it. And Canada wasn't as bad. It, it had like, because I always felt when I would eat McDonald's, I'd have like what I call like a, a gut bomb kind of a thing, just felt lethargic and just, ugh. but then I didn't, I didn't have that in Canada and it's, it's still not that good for you. But I mean, even something like that is just such a, such a yes. vast difference of between yeah. the two. And and that's because I think, um, you know, I don't know whether it is true capitalism, uh, because capitalism indicates that the there is the will of the people, you know, you vote with your dollars. I don't think that is what the problem is. I think it is to do with the lobbying power of select few industries. So it is legalized corruption, yeah. if you ask me. Um, so it, it is because our system is so susceptible to legal corruption. With, through the process of lobbying. Whereas in Europe and the Commonwealth countries like Canada and Australia, they went with what is called as the precautionary principle. And this dates back to the 70s, actually. So, you know, oh. one, of, one of the things, especially when I'm working with young children, I tell the parents to completely eliminate all artificial dyes, artificial flavors, and all of that. Based on studies that were done in the 70s in Europe, which showed that exposure to artificial dyes and artificial flavors caused girls to become anxious and boys to become hyperactive and attention deficient. And I mean, yeah. So based on that, these countries, the Commonwealth countries in Europe, Australia and Canada decided that they were not going to go for these products in their, uh, I mean, the companies are not allowed to use these products. And uh, that's called the precautionary principle. So the, the burden of proof that something is safe rests on the company that is wanting to market and sell it to the public. Whereas oh. in the US, are the powers that be here decided to say, oh, no evidence is good evidence that, oh, you, you haven't shown me any evidence that it is harmful, even though there were studies coming up, they were blind to it. And they said, oh, there is, it, it's okay. They, you know, we are not really seeing any dangers with it. So the burden of proof rests on the public to show that these products are harmful. And even when we show that, it's not really paid attention to, unless we again vote with our dollars. So McDonald's and even Mars, you know, the parent company for all these chocolates, 
Right. They don't use many ingredients when they make the same products for their customers in Europe, but they use these harmful ingredients for our children here in the U.S. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, pretty much anything. I mean, from soup, I mean, even soup, which is a pretty basic yeah. Yeah. thing, just the amount of junk that we're, we're consuming. And then and then also with the now with the farmland, I forgot what the percentage is now, but uh, that, that Bill Gates has bought up of uh, of the farmland. Yes. It's I think it's more than seventy percent. I believe that he owns right now. Um, I know he was just, and then yeah, it's and, uh, and and if yeah. he was, you see, he talks about climate change. But I don't think he knows what he's talking about. His solutions for climate change are actually not solutions. They are the contributors to climate change. So if you look at his, uh, the, where he gets his, in, I mean, where he's investing, he's investing in fossil fuels, which right. are a direct contributor to climate change. Then he's investing in genetically modified foods, which are chemical intensive, which is depleting our soils. Um, and it is causing uh, disruption of the ecosystems. Right. And then, and so, he's, yeah. And he's Go. investing in herbicides and pesticides, which are again toxic to the land, toxic to the ecosystem, and toxic to humans. So his, that, yeah. his solution to climate change is actually poison. Right. And you know, he's buying up all the land that doesn't adhere to those. Uh, principles, yeah. The standards that he wants. That know what farms that are doing good for people. He'll buy those up, and I mean, yeah. he he was buying them. Uh, I mean, it might not be on the the bill of sale bought by Bill Gates, but it's one of Bill Gates subsidiaries you know, and the things. Sub, that yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, if he can do that, then it's yeah, he can get all that money if he has all the uh, yeah. as ha hands in the GMOs and yes um or yeah. not GM yeah GMOs yeah. yes yeah, yeah. He, he is a proponent of GMO and again it's monocrops whereas if you look at regenerative agriculture or the what used to be the organic indigenous agriculture it was about saving the soil saving the ecosystem using what we need crop rotation. I mean, if, you, if when we follow regenerative agriculture, you don't have to use chemical pesticides. You don't have to worry about conserving water. You don't have to worry about giving antibiotics or hormones to your animals. We eliminate all of this. But as you can see, all these industries are going to go out of business. Yep. So again, chronic disease is a commercial enterprise from its inception to management of it. So this is, there's a activist in India. Her name is Vandana Shiva. I don't know if you've heard of her. Uh, I've not, no. Uh -uh. So she has been, she's actually, she started off as a nuclear physicist, quantum physicist, but then she got inspired and then she got sucked into the climate movement. I'm talking about, I think in the eighties. Uh, and so she has been a vocal and very vociferous critic of um, all of these um, big, uh, global conglomerates and what they're doing to indigenous people, indigenous way of life, um, and she's extremely critical of uh, Bill Gates and his uh, and his partners. So she's written a wonderful book. I think it's called 
biopiracy, the one percenters or something along those lines. I mean, if you Google her name, she's written a bunch of books. She's an incredibly, incredibly smart woman who's devoted her intelligence and passion for the care of the land. So she's been saving uh, indigenous seeds in India. Um, oh. and, and she's openly, I mean, she's open. <laughs> because of her work, uh, you know, I, you know, she is actually proving to be a really good hero to the farmers in India. So, and so if we're living in the States, how do we get around all the poison we're exposed to? What's the best? Uh, I mean, see, uh, we food, do have but, choice. Yeah. We have choice. And, um, and we can vote with our dollars. Like, I mean, 10 years ago, when I started down this path, anything to do with clean living, organic living was so, so expensive. But consumer demand has increased. And with that, the prices have come down. Many, many more uh, companies are, are truly becoming uh, more ecologically sensitive. Um, they are becoming... I mean, we see so many, and it's not just about gluten-free, dairy-free products, but in general, we do see that companies are moving away from using trans fats, they're moving away from using artificial dyes and flavors, uh, even, you know, Cheetos too. I think they're now using turmeric instead of red dye. I, I think they're getting better. Like shampoo companies like Herbal Essence are, are using essential oils rather than phthalate fragrances, which are endocrine disruptors. So we are right. seeing a change. It's slow, slow for me, but I'm happy with the progress that we are making. There is more awareness. Um, there is more, uh, and there are, uh, you know, farmers that are, um, uh, you know, even here locally in Wisconsin, we have organic farmers. We have CSA systems, the community support agriculture systems. Uh, farmers markets are becoming more popular. And actually, there is a in Georgia. There's a farm that I I follow them on Instagram. I love their work. They're called White Oak Pastures. Um, then there is uh, other companies like Butcher Box and um, Sitka Salmon. So there are companies that are trying to provide real food. Uh, you know the way you know we were taking care of our land before and our animals before. Um, so that that is coming back. So, you know, there is, I think we have choice and we have hope because there is movement in the right direction as well. And so how are uh, people going to find your work uh, on, on the internet and uh, be able to get more about what you do and learn more from you? Um, where can they do that or want to work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is uh, psychiatry2.com. And my, you know, my primary, uh, typically patients with depression, anxiety, mostly women, but I do work with uh, men as well as children and teenagers and young adults. Um, uh, but I have, I also work with uh, children and adults with ADD, learning disabilities, autism, um, schizophrenia and bipolar, although patients with these conditions, they're not very common. They don't end up in an outpatient practice, but even for uh, patients with all these severe conditions, a holistic approach where we are healing the body to heal the mind is the way to go. It's not with medications as a first line and the only thing that we do. 
we have to heal the inflammation. We have to heal the gut-brain axis. And there's so much that we can do where even if full recovery may not be possible, especially for people on the autism spectrum, we can definitely minimize symptoms and we can enhance the metabolism and physiological functioning. So I'm, for all your listeners, I am very happy to offer a, a complimentary 30-minute discovery call to make sure that um, I am a good fit for, for them and they are a good fit for our practice. Um, people can also call my office, <clears throat> 262-955-6600. And I am quite active on social media. I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Trinergy Health. That's T-R-I-N-E-R-G-Y Health, Trinergy Health. And on Facebook as well, it is Trinergy Health. And so uh, are you allowed to take insurance or is it, all, is it out of pocket because... It is, I don't take insurance. I decided yeah, to take because smart move. I mean, it's uh, you know what I see is that um, when I started my practice, uh, by then I had tried working with the insurance system at the hospital, yeah. and many times because I was refusing to prescribe medications without first looking at the underlying causes, they would threaten to discharge my patients without, even though they were wow. seized. I've had, oh my gosh. It, uh, so I knew that, you know, they were not going to support the work. If I, if I took insurance, it would again be only medication management. But um, I see patients all over the country. I offer my services as a mental health coach. Um, and, uh, and I'm licensed only uh, in Wisconsin as a physician, but as a coach, I can work with patients all over the country. All so, over the world? All over the world, yeah, yes. So we are beginning to see interest definitely from India, but also from UK and Australia so far. So we, and we have the systems. I, you know, I've, the last six months I've been working on establishing the systems because we include supplements as part of our package program. So to yes. ship supplements seamlessly, you know, to give that end-to-end -end experience for our clients all over the world. It's excellent. And so, I mean, with, uh, you work in with people in uh, the UK, Australia, and India. Um, do you sleep at all? Uh, I mean, with those time zone changes, I mean, I assume uh, I, it's that does the one that it's hard for me is when I'm when I got people uh, that I'm working with that are in usually Australia and New Zealand. It's I gotta I gotta be flexible with them. So, uh, or do you, are you able to kind of stick to a sort of Yes. regular schedule yes i mean i'd have to be a little bit flexible so i don't overbook um, out of country patients on a yeah, given yeah. day or even for a given couple of days so so far um, i'm definitely able to kind of keep that work-life balance going so that's been helpful excellent well well hey uh runa thank you so much for being on i'm glad we got to talk and i'm uh yeah hoping people get to hear more about what you know what, what kind of life we can live as opposed yes. to the kind of the life we're set up for right now. And uh, I always like having that alternative. Yes. Uh, alternative Thank you method. for having me on. And yeah, my big welcome. message to your, to your listeners is that know that we can heal from psychiatric illnesses, from all manner of psychiatric illnesses. We can 
chart a path to healing and recovery and enjoy full lives. That's my big message to your listeners. I like it. All right. Well, hey, we'll have a great rest of your day. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yep. All right. That is uh, Runa Tumala. So, yeah, you guys said, yeah, she's going to, for uh, all the listeners, she's offering, uh, waiving her charges for the 30 minute discovery call. Just say you heard it on the public access podcast or Rusty Diamond sent you. You know how many things I've had in my life where you tell them if you, there's a lot of ways you could just say, you say Rusty sent me, you're going to get some good treatment. So (laughs) it's been a thing. Uh, I got it from a guy. Uh, So I had a buddy when I was, I must have been like 20, I think, who died. And he was the guy who I could get anything from him. Um, He always like, the weirdest thing you're like do i need a uh you know i don't know a playstation or a trampoline or you know some weird thing a refrigerator i don't know he'd be able to get it for me pretty quickly and so i always uh enjoy that and it's always like yeah hey tell him uh you know d-dog sent me so i tried to bring that and uh do what he did So everyone, thank you so much for listening. Like, share, subscribe, pass it around. Check it out on YouTube or Rumble. Or if you're watching there, you can listen where we get podcasts, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, I don't know, Amazon, something like that. It's everywhere. So you guys, thank you again. Uh, The show is brought to you by Fred Ben Savage's Fox Stone Reads Productions, Hardcore Entertainment, Hypnosis is Great, and SockMup.org. Check out other great shows on the network, such as When the Gloves Come Off, The Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling Podcast, This Is It with Lizzie, and Say by the Ben. And that is the show. Man, wait a minute. No, it's not. You got this. Oh, geez. I forgot about that. Uh, you guys, leave a message too if you want. You should do that. So you can leave a message 503-974-6420 or you can be like this guy. Messages? Messages? We don't leave no stinking messages. And that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 (coughs) Yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right?